Hi, this is Riggs Eckleberry, CEO of Origin Clear. Welcome to the podcast, Water is the New Goal. Now in this podcast, I explore every week the trends in water, the big disruption that's happening, what we're doing about it, and where the future lies. It's quite interesting. Enjoy and stay subscribed. Welcome, everyone, to the last day of January and our special monthly report. As you know, last week's schedule report was delayed because Bill and I were at a meeting with an acquisition, which was very promising. And in fact, that is continuing to uh, move along as expected. So I'll quickly cover the subjects of acquisitions and then move on to other interesting topics. As I've explained a couple weeks ago, the Money TV that we had Gosh, it was the 17th, I think it was. And I expressed that we are at the term sheet stage, that we have agreement on all the key points, and that we appear to have financing in place, and so that a deal is very doable. So at the moment, we are, frankly, we're really dealing with issues that are much more basic, such as taxation and so forth, tax uh, considerations, it's down to some nitty-gritty. Last Thursday, we did in fact reach in principle agreement on the major terms of the agreement and things are moving forward. Again, we will not be able to disclose anything until we have a definitive agreement. And that means that of course, uh, all parties are ready to execute and then we go into due diligence and so forth. Now, um, so please do not consider this to be actionable. The acquisition happens or it gets delayed or it falls apart or whatever happens. So I don't want anybody to consider this a done deal. It is phenomenally, as always logic trees that we go through and that's the nature of the beast, but it's going well. And, and what we like about this company is that they've already been working with both Dan Early over at Modular Water and Mark Stevens over at Progressive. For a couple of years now, there's been informal collaborations between the parties. And so they all know each other quite well. And it's very clear that this company's network, which is one of the strengths of the company that has an international network, that this network will be a very, very excellent a way to expand the businesses of modular water and progressive so it's very very synergistic very profitable company the key to profitability in water systems it's now very clear is not technology but product when water companies do things custom they may seem profitable but they are actually not so the money is in standardizing the product offerings and replicating those again and again and again and again. You know, this particular company that we were meeting with last Thursday, they have a particular pump of which they have sold 7,000 of these pumps and only six of them have come in under warranty for warranty repair. So you have this situation where you have all your components are well tested. They're repeatedly used in identical situations and develop a tremendous reliability. Like a car, for example, right? So you can make a car by hand and you can say, well, I'm going to charge you a quarter million dollars for this car. You're not going to make as much money as if you sold a few thousand units of that car at $25,000. And so that's the difference. The water industry tends to build water systems like people build houses with foundation and they pour concrete and rebar and a reinforcing you know, bar and so forth. And they, it costs money and it takes a lot of regulation and so forth like that. 
Whereas if you can just have a product that you push out and it is what it is, there it is, boom, then it's kind of like delivering a mobile home to someone or an RV, recreational vehicle, versus building a house with foundation. So that's the big difference. Modular water has this strength. Progressive water tends to make things custom. That's why modular water has much better margins than progressive. But the good thing about progressive is it's got a skills base. There's 25 people there who, because they're so used to doing all these custom things, are very, very skilled at executing things. And so they are, they're a great operational support for modular water. Actually, what's going on right now is the progressive business has phenomenally taken off in the new year. I related in my last CEO update where we went up against some big, big players and made the cut and had a huge purchase order come through. I'm not going to say by what multiple we're doing better than normal, but we're doing significantly better in January versus the run rate of last year. And last year, the numbers are not official yet, but PWT did substantially better than the year before, and that's going to come out. Uh, once we verify all the numbers, I expect those numbers to come in significantly over 2017, which is wonderful. So that kind of covers the acquisition. It also covers the, the benefits of a standardized product line, and we're taking various you know, activities and reducing them to specific products. A lot of work being done in marketing right now, taking different kinds of, this is a pump station, this is a wastewater treatment system, this is a containerized building. This is a brewery. Standardizing them, giving them product flyers, you know, the usual thing that you expect from product lines. And in fact, the brewery program has generated some good, strongly interested brewery operators. And I think we'll do very well with that program. But having said that, it's, it's kind of ironic because I realize we don't need to generate a whole lot of leads of a particular area because frankly, Dan Early right now is overwhelmed with business. Our biggest challenge, and we've been working on this right now, is how to rush more technical execution resources to him so that he doesn't have to get into the weeds and he can keep doing deals. He's got lots and lots and lots of stacked up deal flow. And so if there's any barrier, it's really on the technical execution, which he has been sort of the guru. So when you have a guru, <laughs> you know, we get a lot of people who want more from him at the same time, he has to, he or she has to deliver on what's promised. And that right now we're focusing on that delivery being delegated out so he can keep being the evangelist. Another major, major thing that's going on is that now that Bill Charneski went and got all these targets, uh, herding cats, as I've said before, to get a bunch of companies to buy, we now have all these targets defined and due diligence done and packaged. And right now we're just doing one and then the other and then the other. And and they get easier and easier as presumably the, the stock price improves and so on. He's got some free time. And so I've put him onto a very, very important project. The water industry uses sales reps to an extraordinary level. Now, sales rep is an organization that has solutions. Um, you know, let's say there's one in Western Pennsylvania that has very specific specialization, for example, that Modular Water works with. That sales rep organization is basically an intermediary between the end users and their engineers and the vendors. So let's say you're State Farm and you want to build a new office complex and you need the water treatment for it. You go to a sales rep organization that handles that. They will then bring one, two, or three potential players, or even just one, depending you know how specialized it is. Gosh, there's about close to 50 rep companies in the U.S., and we have about 20% of them 
existing between Marjorie about 10%, progressive about 10%, not overlapping, which is great. So for example, literally one of the rep organizations for MWS just generated a purchase order a couple of days ago for progressive based on Bill Charneski introducing them to progressive water where they were already working with modular water systems. In addition, he's gotten a lot of these rep companies of the remaining 40 odd companies and large number of them are in talks with us to represent us. Now, why is this? The main reason is, is that modular water systems is a very exciting product line and it's highly differentiated. Why? A, it's cheaper, five to 15% cheaper and still profitable for us because again, it's standardized and uses highly standard components. Number two, it lasts much longer, so there's a durability feature. And number three is excellent engineering that, you know, Dan has this software that, that auto-engineers all these things, so the consulting engineers love it. So it's very attractive, and so we're getting a lot of open doors with the reps. Now, any sales rep organization is going to generate, I don't know, call it a million dollars a year for a company. I'm just throwing a number out, and it's completely arbitrary. But it gives you an idea of the value of signing up rep organizations because literally it's like acquiring companies. But you're acquiring, it's called channel. And I'm a big channel guy. I did a lot of channel work when I was in high tech. And um, channel is good because you have more and more people doing your evangelism than you. It's all very well to sell directly, but there's a limit to it. And so reps are a way, the most the simplest possible way to have channel in a lot of industry. That is a initiative that is already generating new business right now, has already paid for itself. And that's because Bill Charneski has become so conversant with the industry in the four years, three or four years that he's been out there buying companies and he just knows how the water industry works inside out. So I'm looking at a map right now showing our coverage and we really have good coverage. There's only some very small states up in sort of the Dakota-ish stuff. But other than that, I see that there's coverage of all of the states that matter, including a lot of action in Florida, Texas, uh, the whole Southern uh, Sun Belt, California, Northwest, Northeast. So we're getting excellent coverage and also we're getting government and overseas coverage from a particular rep as well. So that's actually two different rep organizations cover overseas and government. So that's a wonderful aspect. There's something very interesting that's going on in, in startups, and that is that increasingly, I'm going to read from a little report uh, by AngelList. AngelList is where you can find out what deals are being done with venture capitalists and so forth like that. It talks about the fight that's going on in New York with the regulators, and of course, the city council in New York is trying to favor the taxi and the museum commission and not Uber and so forth, but in doing so, in an unintended way, they've tended to favor Uber because it has all the market share. So it's actually, it just shows that regulators just can't regulate things easily with technology companies because technology companies are just brand new things. Now, this particular article says, for years, investors have shared a standard piece of advice for founders looking to build in regulated markets. Don't. Don't take on the regulatory risk. Don't put your startup at the mercy of political whims don't try to grow fast in a market where regulators will require you to move slowly. Now that attitude is starting to change. And Stephen Blank, who is an entrepreneur and a couple of other panelists and a talk at Columbia University, discussed how some of the most exciting unicorns, the unicorn is a company that's worth a billion dollars or more, 
of the last 10 years have been launched in heavily regulated markets and why they think that trend will only accelerate. And uh, Steve said, we've come through 20 years of the internet exploding in the economy where you were able to pick off lightly regulated slices of the economy like media and retail. This is actually Evan Burfield that said that, the uh, author of Regulatory Hacking. And he says, but you keep going if you're an entrepreneur, you keep looking for the next puzzle to solve and then you're getting into healthcare, transportation, energy, defense, and rigs would add to that, water. And the reason I say this is on the list is that uh, water is a highly regulated industry, but it is vulnerable in the sense that it's become antiquated. And so there's an end run around the regulation, which is localized water treatment, treatment at the location where the water is being used, and if you treat it where it's being used, then you can recycle it. That's, that is a huge, huge, huge factor. And that is what we are specializing in. We have really set our cap to go after the phenomenon of the on-site or on-premises water treatment versus the big central municipal systems, which is so regulated. So it's as if I was going to do something with the taxi business and I would have done a better taxi. Well, in fact, the, the deal wasn't a better taxi. The deal was to just bypass it altogether as Uber did and later Lyft. So the thing is to find the end run. And the end run in water is clearly just doing it right there at the, at the site. And you bypass so many issues with regulation. So we, this validates really that we're in a very strong space. And from where I sit, I'm looking, we have our Monday management meetings and out, you know, we have a live forecast that we maintain. And I'm looking at this thing I'm like, oh my God, the way we're going, we don't even have to acquire companies. We've literally internally done acquisition. The module water was this big, big, big burden that I took on, the whole company took on in mid last year with this tremendous upside. The amazing thing is that the upside is coming true. Module water is developing an unbelievable pipeline. But then what was unexpected was that Progressive Water is taking off. And so we got Progressive Water really starting to get its stride and start to move faster and faster, while at the same time, modular water is coming on the scene. So I see a tremendous expansion of our numbers in this current year, which is very, very, very bullish. Because if there's one thing I don't want to do is to rely on the ability to acquire companies. It's so dependent on financing and on people's emotions and what is, what's with that. So we're absolutely continuing with the acquisitions. I think it's important. And the reason is not so much, but it's, it's changing from buying revenue to acquiring synergy. You see, the company we're in very late stage talks with and we're agreed, we, are, we are agreed in principle. It says we are there adds a tremendous amount of value to Progressive and, and to Module Water and to our technology division because it has this fabulous international network. So that's, that's why we're still on track with acquisitions because it has this strategic value. It's no longer about buying revenue because I see in our pipeline that we can easily do as well as an acquisition or better with just the growth we have internally, which is called having your cake and eating it too. So that's really, really good. Now, I want to cover the business of the technology division, which as you know, has been for years now, 
working to license the technology. Many of you have invested in the company based on the strength of that intellectual property. The two things are going on. Number one, we continue to license. Arzalui is taking off for international trip on the 7th of February. He is going to close some businesses very strategic for us. We are in very late stage negotiations with two national oil companies through the local licensee. And we have also excellent business going on in the manure treatment area. Any kind of animal factory, we have a solution that is now well proven in Spain and has now been exported to the U.S. And we're expecting to see some very good business from that. So oil and gas and manure are two major areas for us. And the third area is in the area of handling grease and so on. We won't get into the details. But while that's going on, a big, stronger, and more potent strategy is emerging. Why don't we be our own licensees? By that, I mean, Modular Water delivers packaged solutions, what Dan really calls engineered solutions. These are things that we say it's going to do, it's going to keep your cooling tower clean because we'll just handle it. You don't have to know why. You can know the specs if you want. It will test out and will demonstrate to do the job. If we go ahead and we use our own technology in those products, then our technology becomes part of a black box. It's been really hard dealing with the reality that the water industry is not interested in something new. They're really not. Again, like the taxi industry was never interested in, in an app, for example. Well, somebody did an app, and guess what? They destroyed the taxi industry. So the water industry does not want new things. So then what you have to do is do the end run. And the end run or the run around is to take our technology and productize it into what modular water does. And so it becomes, let's say, for example, you want to make drinking water more safe. Well, we have a technology called advanced oxidation that is proven to do huge, huge, huge generation of these oxidizing chemicals. And convincing people to adopt that is very hard work. But we don't have to convince ourselves. If we find the application, we just do it. And this goes back to what I learned in the dot-com era, which is never market to the conservatives or the skeptics, always market to the enthusiasts. Well, we know we're enthusiasts. We're selling it to ourselves, right? That's like selling to your cousin. <laughs> you got it, right? You already, it's, it's already a done deal. Whereas trying to get these highly conservative water people has been really a source of frustration for us for years. We've got great technology. It's very effective. It's proven in many, many domains, specific domains that I can talk about, but I won't. But what we're going to do while we're continuing to license in these fields where we know it's working, we're not going to keep hitting our heads against the wall to keep trying to convince people. We're simply going to adopt our technology in world-class products of our own. And that, I think, is going to be very, again, the old synergy word comes to the fore, is we're going to be able to weave the technology into our own products. Then the case studies of those products being vastly, vastly better particular job and including our technology will make the point that this is a technology worth using and that we will have revenues, we will have solutions, and even more importantly, we're doing something about the world. I was in a meeting with a potential major licensee for south of the border. I won't say which region, but it's south of the USA. They're very serious about doing this thing at the highest level to solve that country's water problems, which are huge. And they said, Riggs, what are your goals? And I said, well, you know, I want to get my company onto the NASDAQ. That's what I really want to do. 
And they went, uh, okay, sounds good. And I said, actually, I want to make a difference with water in the world. I really do. And they just, that, they said, you, that, is, that is why we're in it. That's what we care about. And you said what we feel too. So that's really the game we're in. At this point, it's an interesting period in our history where the revenues are starting to kick in. As you know, when that happens, uh, cash requirements rise. You shareholders are providing us the safest, cleanest sources of funds possible that have the least toxic outcomes. We know that you guys and gals are the real pillars of the company. So you're investing in our private placements is literally what's making it all happen. The current private placement is not going to last. And that's because we have something new coming on that we might or might not like. We'll see. But more importantly, the chance to essentially be repaid your money, get cash interest, and be granted substantial amounts of shares, this is not going to go on forever. We don't want to keep adding to our burdens here. I mean, it's we can do it to a certain extent, but there comes a point where we go back to, you know, raising money the old-fashioned way, using the stocks and warrants and so forth like that. I strongly encourage you to balance out your portfolio by investing in something that is a debenture, meaning that you'll get repaid, mandatory repayment of principal, that pays cash dividends. People are making 8% cash per year. I, I know this because I'm pushing out the, the payments to everyone. And number three, there is a substantial grant of stock without any payment. Not like a warrant where you have to pay for it. No, it's, it's free. And so this is not going to last. There's no such thing as a free lunch, at least for a while. So please, 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 if you can, you will help us tremendously by investing now in the company and by taking this particular vehicle because it is so advantageous for you. And if you've invested in the company for a long time, this investment will anchor and help to hedge your previous investments because it can't possibly go underwater because you've been given the shares and we're committed to repaying the investment in full, plus the dividends. It is called a win-win. And why do we do it? It's because we are literally sparking revenue on this with that exact money. So you're doing amazing, amazing things for us. Talk to Ken. The number is 323-939-6645. Ken's at extension 201. If you'd like to talk to Devin Angus, extension 116. Either one of them will connect me into the conversation at the right time. I'm happy to talk to anyone who is. Please first talk to Ken or Devin and answer your preliminary questions, and I'll be happy to jump in and spend the time to really acquaint you where we are within the limits of what I can say. Remember that I cannot favor one investor over another. I love you all. And you're all, it's just like mom is going to be, is going to love her entire family. So I'm not going to be giving one party more information than the other, but I can definitely discuss the company, answer your questions. And as long as that is understood, then I'll be happy to be there. So I love what's happening. I love our pipeline of business, the company has never been in such an amazing position before. It's just never happened. We've never had this diversity of revenue coming in. We've never seen the revenues pop quite so much in the first month of the year. It's never happened before by multiples. I'm not saying a little bit, a lot. 
But by, by revenues, I mean purchase orders, right? It takes a while to get the money, actually, but the, the purchase orders have popped. We've never been this close to just a very, very synergistic acquisition. We're firing on all guns. Again, come on in. Your help is really, really welcome at this point so that I can fund all this, and we will treat you right with this amazing offer that Ken and Devin are helping me explain to people. So again, please call, and that's uh, 323-939-6645. Ken's at 201, Devin's at 116. Again, thank you very much for your time tonight. Money TV comes out tomorrow, and Bill Charneski's on that show this time, and he's just an amazing guy. Take a look at him. This guy has been doing wonders for us, and we're grateful for him. Thank you all, and good night. Well, that's it for the podcast. Thank you for joining. I do hope you stay subscribed. If you'd like to interact with me live, then join me each week at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern, or the Zoom webinar. Simply sign up at originclear.com slash CEO, and thank you.